Since the beginning of time, men have objectified women, from tramp to tart or whore to hoe, and at some point in 2012, a new word was born. Thought, meaning that hoe out there or that hoe over there. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Thoughts Podcast with your host, me, Taylor. And today I have a really cool guest. He's one of my favorite people. Um, we have Brandon Thomas from the Expanding Reality Podcast. Brandon, thank you so much for coming. Such Kidding, an honor. This is amazing. Oh, this is <laughs> honors on this side of the room, I swear. Uh, this is so great. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. So on today's episode, we are going to be diving into the map of consciousness level of neutrality, which I think Brandon is a great person to bring on for this because he just has like a very level-headed perspective on so many like weird, crazy, like deep topics. And uh, I think that's really important when you're trying to dive into like seeking the truth and expanding your perception is like coming from a place of neutrality rather than from, you know, uh, I don't know, like a, if attachment's the right word, but great from- word. Yeah. So um, if you want to tell everybody a little bit about you, and then we yeah. can go from there. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me on, And This is amazing. I love your show. I love everything about this. I just saw you had Amanda and you know Serena on this badass. Yeah. Anyway, um, so thank you again so much. Uh, you guys can all out there find us at uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. We've got a huge expansive insider kind of a thing going on there where it's a mission forward type of a, a deal with a bunch of bonus stuff. So go over there, check it out. we got a bunch of uh, too hot for YouTube, things like that, like things that were just way too cool for YouTube to post. Uh, and so we've got all that stuff. So go check that out. And then I just, you know, run this show that I was just telling you the website for called Expanding Reality. And luckily I've had the beautiful and wonderful and incredible incredible warrior goddess Taylor Elena on my show and you've joined us for a couple of panels too which are cool and um yeah so uh I don't know where do you want to launch into this thing that that just sounds amazing I'm super pumped about it yeah so do you want to start by telling people a little bit about like your journey into like diving into the truth and like spirituality and and kind of how that came about for you Absolutely. I would say uh, that I have uh, had three major spiritual awakenings in my life that I can really go, hey, this was huge and pivotal on a big scale, right? Mm -hmm. Or level ups, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the first one would be born, you know, uh, getting getting up in this and being like, hang on, what? It's kind of cold out here, you know, and there's a lot of loud noises and bright colors and stuff and people are weird. Uh, but we've got dogs. So yeah, I'll stick around. So that's kind of like the first one, right? Uh, the second one for me was in 2001, right when I turned 18. And these seem to be very pivotal uh, points in my life kind of near my like Saturn return and stuff like that. You know, it's just really interesting. Uh, that happened in four major phases at that very important time in my life. Um, my family and I uprooted from where we were with the dad job transfer down to Houston. That was a huge shakeup to my reality from moving to a little smaller suburb in, you know, Fort Worth, Texas down to Houston, where it was just like oh, very overwhelming culturally, you know, uh, and all of that. But it was wonderful. And so that was a huge eye-opening experience that also led me to same year. This all happened when I was a senior in high school. I, I also uh, had my first psychedelic experience, which was, and I never did anything, by the way. So I'd never mm -hmm. drank, smoked, anything until I moved to Houston. That, like, uh, set my freak flag a fly. And I, I, you know, started smoking cigarettes, and it was all cool, and had a couple beers. And then I um, had a friend of mine who said, hey, have you ever done acid? And I was like, mm-mm. 
And he was like, you want to do it? And I was like, mm-hmm. And so we did, you know, a drop on the tongue there of liquid acid and then um, another one on a, when, you know, those large sweet tarts, do they still make those? You know what I'm talking about? They come like in a four pack? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got one uh, one dropped on that for later, but I ate it immediately. So I'm on two hits of liquid acid. <laughs> Had a horrible, horrible trip. Um, we were, I was supposed to be out all night. My mom called, you know, still living at the house and said, you got to come home immediately. And so I start puking, I start crying, I start, it was really, but before that, um, it was an incredible experience to just look at the connectivity of life. I just really looked at everything in more of a flow and more of, like I said, an inter interconnectivity. And uh, it was very evident. It was just like, duh. You know, it was just like this, oh, yeah, of course that's how things work. Like, why the fuck wouldn't they? I also was handed a book that year um, called uh, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Mm -hmm. And that was my first introduction really into spirituality. I was, you know, born and raised in a church that I slowly over time began to go, hang on, I, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, uh, I don't feel that way. I don't see it like that. And so from there, it's from total detachment to spirituality or the introduction of the idea even of unity consciousness. That was a mm. huge thing for me just philosophically, because then that connected to my psychedelic experience I was just fresh from. Yes. And you know, all the crying and screaming and stuff led to this amazing awareness too. And so it was like a big purge too, right now, looking back on it, that's what it was. Uh, so uh, if we're keeping track here, major, major life change with a huge move culturally and all of that. Uh, acid first, psychedelic trip, uh, spirituality introduction with a wonderful book. And then um, I really got into conspiracies. Um, I started working at uh, Chili's uh, right after I got out. And so it was like this, you know, I was still in high school. And so that last little bit, I was 18 so I could go work at a restaurant. And that's when I was introduced to like the world and people and all kinds of good stuff. So anyway, uh, so we got into conspiracies, spirituality, psychedelics, uh, and uh, culture shock all in the same year, year and a half time period. And so that was like my second major one. The third one was just recently, about two years ago, whenever this whole thing That's... happened, I was like, you know, I kind of remembered, I was like, hang on, because I've been yes. researching esoteric topics and feeling this way for decades but you know you kind of put it back and go work your job and do all of that mm -hmm. and it just reignited like crazy like a phoenix like there's nothing i could do about it i've since you know quit that job i've grown my hair out i'm you know doing my thing and uh, the show's doing wonderful your so hair looks fabulous kind of by the way thank you thank you <laughs> the wife loves it that's the only reason i grow it out is for her but i don't i don't mind it when we met um you know i was fresh off being a touring musician i was that for a while too i was a touring musician for like 12 years so anyway yeah I uh, had long ass hair and um, she was like, oh my God, I just miss your long hair. So anyway, uh, yeah, grown it out and my life has completely changed and it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's cool too, because the hair is really like an antenna, right? It's yeah. like spiritually when you have longer hair, like there's so many different like indigenous cultures and, you know, just back in time where people have long hair because it um, creates a stronger connection to the divine. Yeah. So that's what I say about it. You know, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's really interesting because um, I know a lot of people had like one of their really big awakenings two years ago, too, when the pandemic happened. Um, and you had a lot going on in that second one. Like when you yeah. were 18, it was like a, it was just a lot all at once, like psychedelics, philosophical, just like all the good stuff. All of it. And then two days after graduation, I kind of, you know, had an abusive situation going on there. And so two days after I graduated high school, I moved out of my parents' house, like with two bags with as much clothes as I could stuff in them in my guitar. Yeah. And I just left. And I was just on my own for, you know, a good six years. I didn't talk to them. And so I just survived, you know, and moved around, tried a bunch of things, met a lot of people, got to go to China uh, to tour oh, with wow. my music within that time. Yeah. So I got That's to do badass. a bunch of really cool shit. 
And so that was huge and pivotal too. So on the cusp of all of these new understandings I had, I was doing mm -hmm. them by myself, like with no family support, no anything. And it was crazy. The, yeah. Actually, the only anchor I ever had uh, was my grandmother. And so my grandmother called her G Ma. She was cool as shit. And um, actually, I was going to go to uh, China for the second time for like two months this time, a huge, bigger and better thing or whatever. She uh, made a phone call. I was living in Houston at the time. She was in North Texas and said, hey, I just don't know you know, what I'm doing. I, I don't know what's going on with me. I just don't feel right. So I canceled that tour. Same thing, moved up here. And she's the only one I like ever talked to. Mm -hmm. So I got the honor of coming up here and being able to take care of, to care for her in her last years because no one else in the family yeah. talked to her either. So we were like these outcasts, you know, that Aww. we, we kind of had each other. And uh, she was great. She was wonderful. That's really sweet. <laughs> oh yeah, really no, that's that what brought guys, me like... back up to North Texas. But because of that, I got to spend yeah. that time with her. And then also, you know, um, that's how I met my wife. And now we yeah. live out here. And if none of that would have happened, if I would have just been like, no, I want to go to China. And uh, then none of like, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this. Like it, it would have been a complete different trajectory. That's really wild. It's so crazy how just like one decision creates like yeah. the whole trajectory of your entire life. Everything. It's so yeah. wild to think about. <laughs> no, it trips me out. Like, it'll really stress you out if you really think about it. Now, the yeah. best part is you can't fuck it up. That's like One, the best part. Yes. That's so, my favorite thing, too, is like, you're always on the right path. Like, people always ask me, how do you know if you're on the right path? I'm like, you already are. You just you are up. on it. Yeah. Like, you can't fuck this shit up. <laughs> like, you really can't. You just dump them in the head and say, did you feel that? And then they say, yeah, of course I felt it. And be like, that's how you know. Uh, yeah. Because we are here. <laughs> there, there you go. That you're happened. Living the human experience. That's right. Um, so another, uh, so thank you for sharing your story, by the way. That was sure. awesome. I always just love hearing people's story about like how they got into spirituality and like conspiracies and like this whole thing. And it's actually really interesting because for me, I had, um, <clears throat> I'd say probably about three different spiritual awakenings myself too, like really major ones. Like I've had like, you know, different micro ones where yeah. you kind of do like the mini up levels <laughs> and everything, but some pretty like major dark night of the soul kind of deal. Like I think my first one was I was like 12 or 13. And that's when I started like looking into like, I was like the Christian religion is bullshit. Like there's more to this. And I started looking up like paganism, but like my programming was like, no, that's bad. That's satanic. You can't do that. But like literally my soul was like, nature like nature is church like that is yeah. church like and i'm like no that's bad and so i ended up like getting into like fairies and angels and that whole thing and just like uh i had some pretty like uh interesting spiritual gifts from that age but then they kind of just get buried like as you grow up and like i started partying and drinking and all that fun stuff oh yeah and then um i had another one i'd probably say when i moved from connecticut to florida when I was about like 19. Um, and then my biggest one was probably in 2020, when I went and had my ayahuasca experience, um, I went through like a big breakup, did ayahuasca. And then I feel like it's kind of just been like a continual awakening from yeah. that point until now. Yeah. Cause like, like they just keep turning the dial up. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> this shit is getting more intense. <laughs> like this sequel is wild. The writers of this show are just getting reward. <laughs> yeah. It's once you have a spiritual awakening, it's kind of like a psychedelic experience in its, in its own right, you know, because in a psychedelic experience, there's no off switch, you know, you know, you can't go right in the middle of it. You can't go, uh, this is getting pretty heavy, man. I'm done. There's like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, you're not. You know, yeah. this is like life. And especially when you start to really open your eyes and look around and question your reality.
Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that um, ayahuasca taught me coincidentally was learning how to just surrender to like this whole process. Because yeah. sometimes like when you try to fight like the awakening process, shit goes wrong. Like <laughs> shit gets really rough. It's a real rough ride. Yeah. And so when you just learn to surrender to the process and just take in everything that's coming at you, like it's, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it just, it makes it a lot smoother. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the difference of swimming up river versus just pointing your feet down river and, you know, bouncing off the rocks with your feet rather than yes. your head and getting tired struggling against a fixed current that doesn't care whether you, you know, love it or don't. It's yeah. going that way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so one of the things I wanted to touch on, because in probably in 2020 was when I think I went from being quote unquote woke to being more awakened. And so what I mean by that is like, when I say woke, it's like being in that very like social justice kind of, you know, um, everyone's racist, but like we're doing it for love because we want to help the oppressed people. And just like, just that whole culture of, um, I want, I don't want to say hypocrisy, but just like the, of just of politics in general. And so whether it's the left side, the right side, whatever, um, there's just so much, um, I, I guess you can say cognitive dissonance, but it's just like being more awakened to the fact that they're both part of the same bird. It's like oh. literally two wings of the same bird or two hands on the same fucking monster shadow puppet, whatever you want to call it. And, um, like when I had that realization that like, me being on this like far left side wasn't any better than the people on the right, the far right side. I was like, oh, I'm literally doing the same thing oh, no. that they're doing. Like I'm yeah. spewing hate like against them for the sake of social justice. And so I wanted to get your opinion on that because we see so much of that, especially with, um, I, I guess I would consider myself previously like very much in the love and light community and what i mean by that is just like oh like everything's great rainbows butterflies like spirituality is just like woo you know and um uh you're kind of missing like the whole picture when you live in that realm and so i think a lot of people in that realm are also on that like social justice train and like i'm all for people being treated compassionately and loving and like human beings and um i think a lot of times we dehumanize other people and bully other people in order to get that point across, which is really ass backwards. So what, what has been your experience with this whole realm of things? So uh, my, you know, questioning of reality, again, fitting into that little packet of time that I told you about earlier, uh, was accompanied by, I, I blew over that I worked at Chili's real quick, but one of the most pivotal points of my life happened at that job. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a Sunday morning. Nobody wanted to work the shift. It was like a bar shift Sunday morning, all that good stuff. You know how this goes if you've ever worked in restaurants or anything. And so uh, I was there at one table, table 13. I'll never forget this. It was one guy by himself. Um, he had coffee and something else, and that was it. And he had a newspaper, and he was just reading. And I was walking by bored as fuck, you know, just like, mm -hmm. can I do anything, you know? And uh, I was like, hey, uh, you know, how's everything going, whatever. And he just goes, can you believe this? You know, right when I got up to him, he goes, oh, can you believe this? And showed, like, pointed to something in the newspaper. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And uh, he goes, you know, they wrote this, but obviously it's not true because this, this, and this. And so he, you know, was so clear that it was wrong. He was so confident in why. And then it was so obvious that it was lying to him, but I didn't understand, I didn't connect the two. I didn't, like, it, it never occurred to me before that something printed or aired or something like that could be misleading or 
for that false, mm -hmm. especially for someone to be able to point this out. And so I was so empowered by just asking that simple question. He And then he said this, he goes, see, between this sentence and this sentence, here's this specific thing they left out, which actually shifts the whole narrative of the conversation, and it makes you think this way. And I don't even remember what, it, it doesn't even matter what the article was about, but he goes, you've got to read between the lines. And man, that sentence, that quote rolls yes. around in my head constantly. And that has led, that is given me a set of lenses to view the world through you know i kind of look at our spiritual awakening or conspirituality or you know any of this kind of stuff um as like that movie uh national treasure with yeah. uh you know the great uh Nicola, the greatest actor of all time Nicholas <laughs> and yes. uh, so he those glasses that they find of benjamin franklin's where they have all of those different colored lenses on the side and depending on which combination you put in front of you like like 3d glasses or something then you mm -hmm. see something different and you know you can kind of look at this like the predator right you know that movie and uh, the screen goes over and now you can see a night vision and then another screen changes now you can see inside your body well this is kind of how i view things like this in my arsenal is it's another lens to view the world through and when you stack them you get a very interesting picture mm -hmm. and this is again why everybody has just such a subjective experience of this place is because we do that all the time right everyone yeah. does this and so with mine though with this is when i really started questioning the whole politics thing now i was also very very big into comedy like listening to comedy on cds and cassette mm -hmm. tapes and stuff and so i mean i've memorized um dave chappelle's uh dc stand-up um and uh, uh, bill hicks was another one that i got led to by a bandmate that i was in a band with or whatever and then he goes oh you got to check out bill hicks if you like comedy it was from houston so it all worked out I got into Bill Hicks and man, that dude changed my life. And people like him, Carlin, um, uh, Chappelle, I mean, all of these guys are asking these questions about the nature of reality and especially questioning authority in this way mm -hmm. and questioning reality. And Bill Hicks's, you know, uh, thing that he says, it's like a four minute listen, his bit on the ride. He calls it just type Bill Hicks, the ride. And this is his thing. And that actually, that audio clip, I, it opens every single one of my shows, you know, that, Bill Hicks's voice has been on every on a, just as many shows of mine as, as mine has. So with that, you know, questioning of reality, and you guys dive into those folks, and this will make more sense then, but the way that they looked at things was nobody was correct. Like they made fun of everyone, which I thought yes. was great anyway. But when you do that, what you do is you put everything under a microscope. And this fell right in line with my, you know, wish to read between the lines and to question everything, right? And so what they were able to do for me and facilitate for me was empowering me to be able to ask those kind of questions, be confident in the type of research and people that I was talking to about it, and then deliver it in a way that, you know, yeah, we all Paul Revere at first, right? You wake up to this right. thing and you're just like, oh my God, building seven, like everything's fucked. Like your government, you know I mean? Look at what they've been doing. Look at the tongue, um, all, all this crazy shit. And, and you freak out and that's fine, you know, and, you know, I've compared this to like the fourth dimensional reality if you believe in the split and 3D, 45D and all that kind of stuff, because it's a very hectic, scary place. And that's why they never talk about that one. You know, they go, uh, you're going from the 3D to the 5D. And it's yeah. like, hang on, are we <laughs> what missing What about the something? 4D? <laughs> well, it's basically like uh, floor 13 in old buildings yep. is kind of also how I've compared it. Like, uh, don't put that in your, you know, plan because it sucks, you know, it's going to screw everything up. So um, anyway, but yeah, so that's kind of your fourth dimensional place where everything you figure it out, like you you take the blindfold off and you look around and you see how many people are asleep still. And you're just like, oh, my God. And it's so evident. And, and especially when it comes to politics, because exactly to what you said, politics, especially for me. And then, you know, growing up in Texas, we were you and I have been presented with a different set of environments that cultivated how we felt about what 
the people around us told us we should feel about. Does that make sense? So, you know, South Park had this great quote about it when they said something about Democrats and Republicans. They said Democrats want to do the right things, the wrong things for the right reasons, and Republicans want to do the right things for the wrong reasons. And when mm. you really look at that, all you have to do is zoom out and then you go, oh, it's all the same beast. It's all the yes. same animal. It's all the same dude controlling two different puppets. And all of these people are mesmerized by it. Like think of like how kids are so entertained by some sort of, you know, oh, it's bright and colorful and keeps my attention. A little puppet show or a show, an animated show on TV. That's what it is to me now. And I yeah. can't unsee it. And so all of this, like, oh, they're giving this amount of money to this place. And then you're like, hang on, that place is connected to this, yes. which is outside of the Tartarian Empire at a level. <laughs> and you can really see, like, all the connections and especially, like, researching World War II for UFOs. I learned a ton of stuff just about the cross-pollination of finance. And that's when I really discovered uh, that wars are profitable. And that's why they're mm -hmm. done that way. And then when you look at things like Antarctica, right, or the moon, yes. like, no one's allowed to go there. That's the only thing that the whole world can agree on all the governments of the world can agree on but they're gonna keep throwing bombs at each other it's like <laughs> I, yeah it, it doesn't make sense so inevitably i came to the I've, i'm at the point now mentally and i know i don't plant my flag but i will tell you where i'm at now that i yeah. definitely see it as just a theater it's like wrestling it's like people who are like can you believe biden said this and i'm like no what did you know the what did Hulk Hogan say in that one thing that you've memorized? And oh God, is, is he going to beat the junkyard dog this weekend? Like, that's how I look at it. It's like, mm -hmm. you're just telling me who would win in a fight, the Hulk or Spider-Man. Clearly it's Spider-Man due to intellect and technology. But <laughs> all I'm saying is, is that that's how I look at any political conversation. And it has made my life so much better because I just don't buy into it. And I've just got this, you know, and then people ask, oh, well, then you're not watching the news and you're uninformed. I go, absolutely. Yeah, I... I because then when you look at it spiritually, you know, with now new spiritual awareness is that actually, I mean, you, you've helped me cultivate this part of the perception and the connection. Because again, these are all just lenses. It's not like I take that conspiracy hat off and none of the understandings I have there apply to any new thing that I'm looking at. It's like, it, it's all important. It's, it's all a tapestry, right? And so whenever I look at it through like a spiritual and energetic thing from like a loose standpoint, I'm like, well, damn, I made the right decision, you know? I don't contribute energy into a system that just requires energy. It doesn't give a shit which puppet is your favorite. It just wants you to pay attention to it. And as long as you starve it of the attention, like the old, uh, that old, um, that parable about the grandfather and the, the son, I think it's in uh, a Native American parable. Anyway, uh, they basically, they see two wolves, one named love and one named fear. And the grandson asked the grandfather, which one grows? And the grandfather answered, of course, wisely, whichever one you feed. And so if you choose to feed that fear beast that all it wants is to consume and it consumes you in the form of energy, then feel free to do that. Like the, that's absolutely an option here. There's a role for that in this experience and that's why it exists. But if you don't, or you're just tired of it, you know, no hard feelings, like don't worry about it. Everybody gets fooled by the system and you'll, I'm continuously fooled all the time by it. And it's part of the deal. Uh, so don't worry about it. You know, there's no ego or hubris in admitting that you've been lied to forever because we've all come to that part in the road and it's okay. Uh, and you're not alone. Write me in if you want to ever talk about that, by the way. Um, and so you just you just move forward with it and uh, you just grow and learn and, and just keep doing your damn thing, you know, but feed that love rather than fear. And so again, I have this thing called Sam Tripoli titled at the zero episode. I was on tend the garden that you've got. It's you do you, boo. You know, that's the equivalent of it. 
Yeah, I love that. And um, I think that's, I mean, that's really how I look at everything now. It's like when you see things in the news, you're just like, all right, well, that's cool. Like, let's see what the screenwriters got now for today's show. And yeah. just looking at As long at as you things, watch it that way, awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yeah, awesome. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, it took a lot of work to get oh, from yeah. that place of like being super emotionally attached to being able to see it from this place of like neutrality. And so that's kind of what this episode is about, right? It's like being able to cultivate that discernment and the neutrality in order to be able to stay unattached. I mean, essentially they're trying to just take your emotion out of you so they can, from a spiritual perspective, kind of harvest it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so one of the things, one of the more recent things that really um, got me and almost pulled me in was the Roe versus Wade thing. And when that came in, I was like, because I'm all for just people doing whatever the fuck they want, whether it's like, you wanna take the, the, the jab, you don't wanna take the jab, do whatever you think is best for you. Like, I'm not gonna tell you what you can do in your experience. Like, this is your earthly experience. You do whatever you want. I personally have my own you know, set of rules that I like to abide by, but I'm not going to tell you what you should and should not do. And I don't think anybody else should just period end of story. And so that really got me because I was like, Oh, this is like, you're, you're invoking on people's sovereignty. And I don't fucking like that. And I'm like, okay, wait, <sighs> breathe, take a step back. Like this is exactly what they're trying to do. And there was, um, I think a couple days later I had, I don't know. Have you ever heard of Sam, the illusionist? He's like a channeler. Yes. Yes. So he had um, put out this uh, thing on YouTube that I watched and it was like, you know, on the 27th of, I can't remember if it was June or July, but I think it was in June, maybe it was June. Uh, there's going to be this big, like, um, almost like harvesting of like uh, people's energy. Like, so they're going to be trying to pull out all these negative emotions from people. And the 27th, I think was like a day or two after the Roe v. Wade thing. And so I looked at that and I was like, holy shit. Okay. Pull yourself back, collect. Literally, this is exactly what they're trying to do with this whole Roe v. Wade thing. Like they're trying to get people riled up on both sides. Like when you're all riled up, it's easier for them to one, control and manipulate you and keep you perpetuated in your same stuff. And two, it's easier like for them to just harvest your energy when you're you're not in control of it. And so I think for me, that was the point where I was like, I have a decision to make. I can either fall back into those same patterns that I was used to falling into, or I can take this road of neutrality and really just stand and own my personal sovereignty and say, hey, you're not going to take my emotions. You're not going to get this out of me because I'm the only one that has control over my emotions, not you. And so it was really fucking hard, <laughs> really fucking hard, <laughs> but I did it. And I was like, all right, we're seeing this from both perspectives. Like I can see it from this side and I can see it from this side and then I can see it from this higher perspective. And so this is how I'm going to approach everything else. And then that's where we're going to take it. And it was, uh, it was hard, but I fucking did it. And I was really proud of myself, <laughs> really proud of myself. You should be proud of yourself because I titled our episode together on my show, Warrior, the warrior goddess. And that's mm -hmm. you, you know, that's you're the, I've spoken to a lot of warrior goddesses. You're the one that got that <laughs> for their, uh, episode title. Thank so, you. um, and uh, something that you said about it, harvesting our energy, 
And even if it's not, like, let's say anybody listening out there, it's like, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. uh, then that's fine. Like, absolutely fine. But again, now you are at a crossroads of understanding in your existence where you have to either entertain that idea or at least glance around at your world that way for a couple days. Like, yeah. give it a week tops and just see how you feel. Turn off the news. Do something else. Tend the garden you got. Go clean out that closet that you've been talking about. Declutter a little bit. Clean out your garage. Something like that. Like, put yep. physical energy into action. Improve your life around you. Tend that garden. Go out and tend your actual damn garden start a garden yes. uh you know so all of these things so even if it's not that way you can either go back to the way that you were believing in the world which is fine uh and then you can you know we'll have the conversation later again write me uh, i'd love to expandingrealitypodcast.com so um that or uh, you entertain this for a little bit and just kind of look around at your world but i can guarantee that your perception is which is all it takes yes. is just enough going to be altered to where you won't be able to unsee it that way even after me just talking about it for this long which is why i'm talking about it for this long by the way uh then it will make an impression and you will just start to look around and it'll be one or two things at first you'll be like ah oh, and then you'll monitor your thoughts. I've got a, a phenomenal thought ninja is what I call him. And I um, you know, have this bouncer for the things that are rolling around up there. And it's like, if they don't have the right dress code, if they're not in the right vibe, you know what I mean? That's the mm -hmm. thing, you're not allowed in. And then what we do though, is we don't just kick you out automatically. We go pull you to the side and talk to you. Hey, little thought, why are you like this? What are you, where are you coming from? Where are you at? And we tell it, you know, why don't you just hang out here until you get, you know, watch vibrationally what we're letting in. And if you can tune to that frequency, dope. If not, man, no worries at all. No hard feelings. But this is the same way that I would, you know, encourage everybody to approach this situation. Look at it like, hey, you know, what's, what's the best that can happen is my, you know, thing that I always want to do. Now, as far as the Roe v. Wade thing, if you zoom out even further, which I'm so grateful that you did, and you're absolutely right, uh, zoom out, you know, uh, another level or two, look at the things ancillary that were going on around that. Well, we're in two, you know, uh, 2022. So if you follow gematria and astrology, it's a, it's a six year, which six is a female number. Also, if you look at it around that time as well, uh, yes, among this huge harvest, you know, that they're able to convince everyone that they're participating in, which I've got a separate opinion on that. But um, that, that's another thing alongside that was the baby formula shortage. So if you add all that up, what you've done, and, and then what's worse is it was a um, fake, um, you say fake alien invasion because I'm thinking about the government. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a fake baby formula shortage because they found tons of it at the border everywhere. And in backs of trucks, there's abandoned and like all of these stories that you hear right now, whether that's true or not, what it did was is it sent a message to the divine feminine saying that, we're coming after you. And I think that's where they really fucked up. Because I think a lot of masculinity, they've done a great job of demasculating de a lot of men. Now we're, we're still out here, but they've, they've done a wonderful job to where, you know, even if in the face of the most ridiculous things, they won't rise up. And they've done a great job of passing, pacifying everyone. You know, they do this through a myriad of ways. It's conjecture or not, the fluoride in the water, which Nazis used in concentration camps to pacify prisoners, victims. Um, they've also done tons of geoengineering with our food, with everything, right? And so this, the, the list goes on and on of how they control, you know, and have done it easily, uh, this entire realm, not the entire realm, but the, the one you see on a constant basis. But what's great is you entertain the thought that we're talking about, T-H-O-T, here. And what you do is, is that you then see oh, maybe it is an energetic system that I'm contributing to. And if you've stumbled across the show, you're obviously in alignment with this and you're, it's not for nothing that you're hearing this conversation. So 
like if you look at it this way just for a little bit uh you will really really change your perception which will literally change the world around you and um this is how you basically don't contribute energy into that system you just don't pay attention to it because even if you are 100 percent right and you're like oh fuck this this is so stupid I mean, because that Paul Revering is what we refer to it, you know, and there's still a ton of people out there that do it because it's so necessary, again, because the nonsense is here. You have to have that passionate person that's got enough, that's willing to take the arrows enough for for it to be such an energetic burden on that person, for them to be at the level to where they can wake people that are at that level up. And so they're down there in the mud, you know, um, you know, wrist deep in this shit yanking people out and handing them over to people like you people like you know that have that have gone you know what you got i'm gonna pass a baton i've cleared my part of that forest where i did that and now i'm living in it to where i love charlie robinson's uh saying on this now he's very much a conspiracy theorist but uh he runs a wonderful show called macroaggressions and um go check it out if you want to check it out guys um and he says that he's a conspiracy analyst now i look at that very literally i look at it like yes i'm i used to be a conspiracy theorist i'm a you know recovering conspiracy theorist but i'm a conspiracy analyst for damn sure like i will absolutely talk to you about this stuff um and it's not it it that was for me cuz i got so damn toxic you know to just feel that all the time which is obviously all around you and so again i you know i'm grateful for the guys that do it i don't anymore um, I've kind of moved past it to some more ridiculous questions. If they're the like physicist, I'm more of the theoretical physicist. I just want to kind of see what's what's in the math or whatever, right? Let's talk about UFOs, right? Yeah. Um, but that part of the journey is very necessary, and I'm grateful I went through it, even though it was tough. Like fourth dimension was rough, if you want to view it that way. Yeah, yeah. And I also wanted to point out one thing too, like being in a space of neutrality doesn't mean apathy, right? It doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't Absolutely. mean that like this stuff isn't important. It just means that you have so much presence within you and so much like perspective, I guess, yeah. that everything is meaningful, but you're still able to remain detached. Does that make sense? It makes 100% sense. And one, there's a wonderful saying that you'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yes. And the, the, yeah. And the whole thing that that just means is that you you have the ability, like I'll talk to you about this all day. I'll point you to the most accurate resources that will change your entire life and give you the most brutal shakeup you've ever seen about your government, religion, um, you know, uh, the institutions around here, the medical industry, the education system for damn sure. Just look up John D. Rockefeller, uh, his famous quote, I want a nation of workers, not thinkers. And that set on course everything that we're breaking free, that set the chrysalis of the cocoon that we're breaking out of now. And so um, th this is very important for, for people to really actualize is that this is not a rollover. This is, I will, abs I'm because it's, it's the next step of it. And here's why. A lot of people that, you know, listen to Alex Jones and stuff, which again, did forever. Love Alex Jones. It's great. I don't think he's Bill Hicks. I, I don't know if you've heard that conspiracy theory. I'm not sure yet, but if he is, I'm going to be so happy because I just want to meet him, right? <clears throat> Plus, it's like the greatest character ever. He just played this thing forever. Anyway, uh, so if if you want to go, you know, down that road, the thing that really uh, we're at the point of now is that you live it. So you go from the Alex Jones listening, I can't believe this and pissed off, but then you still participate and contribute and throw your energy into the system without any physical change to your reality. You don't start eating better. You don't drink more water. You don't, you know, I mean, and this is not you don't. This is just some people. Yeah, in general. To, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what we're doing, though, is we're living it, which is much, much, much more difficult. Yes, you could sit there and, you know, be beaten all your life by the by the real truths of this world, which you need to go through that that 
pounding uh, at least once, but you don't have to stay there. And that that's like the most important thing, I guess, with this is like it's important that that, that, that exists because the other is necessary. But it's like you don't have to hang out there forever and feel this because it's another way of virtue signaling. You know, and I'm, yes. again, all about the damn a conspiracy theory community because they're the real truthers they these people again i have the utmost respect and having gone through it i'm i'm just here i guess to say that now on the other side of it i'm living it in a way that it's you know we do you know have our own place out here in the country we do take care of ourselves you don't hear us bitching about stuff that just is in the world because it's just we're beyond that you know it's like yeah again i'll talk to you about it but i'm not going to argue with anyone about it well, it's it's very it's just different you know it's yeah. a different energy well, and I think too, that's the difference between taking things from idea concept into embodiment, right? Like you yeah. have taken it from the idea, from the theory, and now you've anchored it into your body, into the root, right? Because ideas come through the crown. All this information comes through the crown on a spiritual perspective. But many people, they take those ideas and they're not able to take it all the way down to the root chakra to anchor it in the body and live that wisdom and live that theory and be able to make their actions through that because I think belief, part of belief isn't just the thoughts and the ideas and what comes from your brain. Belief also comes from how you respond to that and create action with it, right? 100%. You create belief through your actions. And so it's like, okay, I learned all this. I know the government's like putting all this poison in my food. So now what am I gonna do? I'm gonna own my own land and I'm gonna have fucking goats and I'm gonna grow my own food and I'm gonna do all this badass shit. And yeah. I literally you, you changed the way you lived your life based off of this knowledge. And so it's like, if you're talking about all of these theories, but you're not doing anything differently, then what's the point of it all? Like why, why even know it? Energy. You know what I mean? It's like, you're literally just using all this mental energy to sit there and worry and worry and worry, but you're not taking any action on it. You know what I mean? And so the only way to create change is on a personal level, right? You start personally. How do you, how can you implement that into your own life? Whether it's just like, okay, well, I know, you know, um, they're putting fluoride in the water. So let me like filter my water better or drink, you know, um, get reverse osmosis or distilled water or do, you know what I mean? And take things upon you to just start making those little tiny baby steps. And then eventually that's how you create I don't want to say, I don't like the term new earth because it sounds very love and lighty, but it's how you jump from, you know, like three dimensional thinking to that 4D thinking to the 5D thinking. And so um, while we're on that topic, I wanted because I feel like this kind of ties in with the flat earth thing. Oh, so <laughs> I, I have this really interesting perspective. So everything is perspective, right? And one of my favorite conspiracies that um, I like to think is that there is no one truth, right? Like, yeah. The conspiracy, the conspiracy that there's one truth that you can find that in itself is a conspiracy. Yeah. And so everybody is right and everybody is wrong all at the same time. Like the, if you think that the earth is flat, you will find confirmation within your experience to confirm that the earth is flat from your perspective, from the, the vibration that you're vibrating at. But somebody else might you know, that's vibrating at like a 3D perspective, they're going to find all this evidence that backs up the heliocentric model, right? Because that's the vibration that they're at. Whereas if somebody's in the 4D or the 5D, they're going to find evidence to back up maybe like the cell earth model or the crater earth model or these other earth models that, you know, apply to where they're at in their vibration. And so from that perspective, I think the earth is anything that you want it to be, because it all depends on what 
perspective or what lens you're putting on. So to me, the flat earth is people looking at the earth from this 2D vibration, right? It's not even at the 3D level. It's at this 2D vibration. And not to say that that's worse or better than like a 3D or a 4D, like it just is, it's just a different vibration. And so people that think, you know, the earth is a sphere or round or, you know, the, the standard heliocentric model, that's because they're, they're vibrating at the same, you know, uh, consciousness or vibration of 3D. And so the different like versions of those vibrations are going to find that the earth looks different or the earth presents itself differently to you based off where your vibration is at. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's awesome. I love that because it makes total sense. One of the examples I use is one I heard on TikTok of a guy explaining the 3D, 45D mentality. Now, yeah. these subscribe to the Dolores Cannon idea that this is what's going on. It doesn't matter. This is a great way to even articulate just observations of consciousness. Like if mm -hmm. we just take it out of that woo-woo realm, we just put it there, which consciousness is woo-woo anyway. And so if you if you look at it like this, what the example he used was chemtrails, right? Geoengineering. He said, from a 3D perspective, I always picture that like, um, it's like a cartoon picture of the back of like a fence or like a high wall and like people have stacked things. They have a real short person, a real tall person, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Mm -hmm. And you get different vantage points, right? And you could see a different part through whatever hole you're looking through. Okay. So like the 3D or that, that, and what we refer to, what I refer to whenever I mean, whenever I say that is people that go, oh, that's the official narrative. It's just the way we've always done it. We have to fall in line. We, they're the ones under the spell, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when you, when you approach somebody with like something like a concept like chemtrails, you know, from a, from a 4D perspective. And again, we're not going to say no one's better than anyone else. And I agree no. with you on this. It's just we need to explain it spatially, right? Yeah. Um, so that there's delineation. So if you say that there's another level, and we'll call it the fourth dimension, that's the level in which you can see the chemtrails for what they are. You go, oh, my God, they're spraying, whatever. <clears throat> and you're like, oh, shit. And the person in the 3D goes, no, I can't even. Uh, yeah, they're just and they Google it real quick. And their their authority, their their daddy government has an answer for them. Oh, no, no, yes. no. They're just contrails. No big deal. And so this like diversion tactic is super, super effective. If you uh, go back and check out my episode with Tease Snyder, you've got to have him on, mm -hmm. by the way. Phenomenal. So this is something that we talked about as well. So if you go into the that perspective, yes, in fourth dimension, you understand more, but you're very fearful. So therefore, you still have another level like to go. You have infinite to go, right? But really, you have another one to go still. And that could be said for every point of awareness that you come to. And so from that perspective, you can't see a higher perspective that, yes, they are spraying the skies. And yes, that is what's going on. But you don't have to contribute energy into it. So you yes. just can step you can literally transcend the bullshit and uh this is a, another way of explaining again these different perspectives and i love this idea of even spatially around us that each dimensional perspective would view their reality differently because of course they i mean again thinking through the what you were just talking about which is absolutely brilliant i'll be quoting this on the show for a while now uh <laughs> is is that it's it's another physical representation of how they think their reality should work based on their current understanding and paradigm. Mm -hmm. And of course, all a paradigm is, is just your beliefs and experiences. So, you know, and even that word beliefs, that is something that I've been very careful about uh, omitting from my vocabulary, because there's a great quote in a movie called Dogma by Kevin Smith. And I know mm -hmm. Kevin Smith's kind of gone crazy now. He's a clone. Don't worry about it. But uh, <laughs> the old Kevin Smith made a badass movie called Dogma. And in there, a character played by Chris, Chris Rock says, I don't have beliefs. I have ideas because ideas are easier to change. And that's the truth of it. You know, these ideas are these whirlpools that we get caught in the side of the river 
from the flow of natural progression of things. Because think of how far evolutionarily you would be if you just went with the flow of understanding to wherever it took you. And you said, you know what, I'm not going to let my resistance hold me back from this new awareness, right, that's that's on the other side of this experience. Or the metaphor, again, of floating your, uh, putting your feet down river and just flowing with it. Um, that's an accelerated experience of this place. But you do, and we all do it, you just hop over into these little whirlpools for a little bit and you go, ooh, this is easy. I'm working for the man. I've got everything I need. You know, I'm drinking every day and it's fine. You know, and then you're just like, hang on, something's got to change. And so you just hop back in the river and you roll down a little bit longer. You get more awareness and inevitably you end up in the spiritual whirlpool and you hang out there for a little while and then you're like, hang on, there's actually a lot of things in this that I uh, getting a little too religious-y for me and I'm, I'm diverging from. And so you hop back in and you move along your way. And so this this way of experiencing things is is just an awesome, I find it to be the, the best opportunity I've given myself for growth in this place is just to not let anything ideologically hold me back from just asking the question and especially the flat earth one. And I love the flat earth one because eventually, again, in the fifth dimension, whatever we want to call this, uh, you get to a point where it's a realm or it's probably it's a 3D hologram. It's whatever you want, just like you said. It's whatever your perception wants it to be because you're already to the level of understanding to where that's the way it probably works. And it, it at least works for you that way now. And so you can go ahead and enjoy it that way. And so, yeah, I'm to the point to where, like you said, if you hop on a rocket and you think you're going to go out into space, by God, you a ball renders underneath you and all of your you know, theories are confirmed. Uh, if you think it's flat, you're going to send a hot air balloon up or something like that. And it's like, hang on, you know, reality's <clears throat> the quantum level sitting here going, okay, hang on this person. Oh yeah. yeah, They, they prefer long walks on the beach. They don't like the color purple. And they also think the earth is flat. And so they tailor the world to you like this. You won't see the color purple that often. Uh, you'll get exposed to a beach. Awesome. And then you will never see a curve. And so this is like really what I think is going on here, you know, at a level of, again, the understanding I'm at now. This is how I tend to enjoy looking at it the most because it it means that they're, again, alluding to something you were talking about earlier. It means that there are actionable things here that I can do to tailor this to an experience that I would prefer over one that I've already done. And it it's just a cool way to play with your reality. And out of all the traps that you can get stuck in here, you know, all the delusions and all, um, all of that stuff, you know, if this is one of those, it's it's a it's way more fun and you're nicer to people. Yeah. And your relationships are better and you're healthier yeah. and all of the, you know, in, in my opinion, of course, you know, but yeah. yeah. And I feel like of all the traps to be trapped in, like, I'd rather be trapped in one that's, you know, way more rad. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. like, hey, like, yeah, we got aliens and shit. Yeah, we got aliens over here. We got fucking cryptids. We have all the cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about chupacabra. Roll it. Um, but before we get into that, I, I wanted to touch on something. Um, because I have, because you mentioned Antarctica. And so I kind of have this theory, right? That ties into this like flat earth kind of like vibrational Hell thing. Yeah, roll it. Um, where, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to start this off. So with the Antarctica thing, a lot of people think like that there's like this ice wall, right? That leads to like kind of like other lands or like expanded lands, right? Yeah. And so um, my partner has this, earth model that he like really believes in called like the crater earth model. I don't know mm -hmm. if I don't, I don't know a ton about it, but just from whatever he's told me and essentially like there's like, we're kind of like in this like crater type deal. Yeah. yeah. And so with the Antarctica thing, there's like the ice wall, right? And then beyond the ice wall, there's like all these other lands and like 
whatever. And so what I kind of think is, you know, from the 2D perspective, right, the Earth is flat. From the 3D perspective, it's heliocentric. From the 4D perspective, I think as you go higher into these um, different dimensional vibrations, I guess you can call them, um, you're actually maybe going, I don't know if you're going out, but like you're going beyond the ice wall. Does that make sense? So it's, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, as you raise your vibration, you're actually able to access these other lands that are on the opposite, on the other side of this like Antarctica ice wall. And maybe on the other side of this Antarctica ice wall, you really can't get there physically, but it's like a vibrational thing that jumps you over to these other lands. Does that make sense? It makes so much more sense. And so again, to what you said a minute ago, because now I'm processing what you just blew my mind with, with the, with this now is vibrationally, like, let's say that they're because of <clears throat> what made me think of this was the different uh, theories, even within flat earth. Okay. Yeah. Cause there's so many, you know, things or whatever. And there's, they've allegedly the flat earth society, you know, is infiltrated by the CIA. And so, you yeah. know, what they're giving is misinformation. So it's, it's fun, right? It's, it's all, it's all yeah. silly. And but whatever. I, also, I think like, it's kind of the same thing as like, right wing left wing it's all just kind oh, of yeah. like a diversion from go. other things but anyways i just wanted to put that in there but continue 100 <laughs> percent, and i love you for saying it thank you so much but you just you just get the mind so worked up and i love it um in the in like the most amazing way so if you go back to your model of the different uh, vibrational you know energies view things differently one of the models of flat earth is this idea of a dome okay mm -hmm. which in, in literally encompasses and encapsulates us and it makes me a little bit claustrophobic like we're in a <laughs> prison planet or like uh and there's wonderful conversations we could have on either side of this but um that that's one model now that's a 2d i'm stuck here and there's a physical barrier in which i can measure my environment yeah. that i cannot escape from is yeah. is what you know they believe now if you take it up a level heliocentric model <clears throat> what is it we're a huge ball there's an infinite number of expansive things around us but technologically we can't do anything about it right we can go mm -hmm. up a little bit maybe some people went to the moon maybe not uh, and, you know, um, we can get a little bit above it, but that's as far as we can go. But we know it's out there, right? Mm -hmm. Conceptually, we know that there is more out there, but yes. it's out there in a way that's so expansive and out there. I love this, Taylor. The more I'm rolling around as we're talking about this, I love this. Again, I will be quoting this a lot on the show. Um, so, it, but from a, like, let's say a higher perspective, then you go to, yeah, it possibly is flat, meaning that, like, it's not a ball in space, right? Um, and so therefore it's physically something that we could achieve. Okay. Because there's holes in the ring around us. It's, it's no dome guys. You know, that, that dome thing, we've evolved past that thinking. Not only have we evolved past, we're being stuck in a flat earth, uh, but we've evolved past, we're on a ball that we can't go anywhere from, but now it's flat again. And we think that there's gaps in this ring, you know, cause it's not this ridiculous disc with water falling off of the edge of it. Yeah. It's, it's this expansive, endless realm that yes, it has a ceiling to it. And there's a clock over our particular area of it. But just outside of that, and I mean, my God, I've seen these maps and it's so much fun because mm -hmm. even then stair-stepping it to, yes, it's this ring. No, there's no dome. No, we're not on a ball. You can get to the other places. But energetically, there's kind of like bouncers, you know, energetic bouncers. They don't want mm -hmm. you straying too far. You know, you energetically have basically like a shock collar on you to where you can't go past that place because you're not allowed there yet because you haven't graduated from here yet. Yes. And then again, there are physical places in this same realm that we experience and whenever you go through these different levels basically it's just like when you know uh, dorothy opens the door to oz it's like that's when you go and yes it's the same world yes there are trees and a dog and a floor and feet and things like that but now it's all in color so now it looks completely different it's like each level up in perception is its own psychedelic experience 
So let's say that then now that we have this elevated level of consciousness into where we're seeing this realm or this place as what we wish for it to be, this would also explain why other people would go out into a thing called space and they can report about it, even though that we've moved on from that in this physical place. It's, that's how cool this realm is. And then you now can get to these places, but let's say that you're done with the earth ring and now you've graduated or migrated out. This would be, you know, as a result of an elevation in consciousness and awareness. So an energetic one, like what you were talking about. And now you're a Pleiadian, right? There is a, there is an island over there. It's called Pleiades. It's not in the star somewhere, but they're going to tell you, we have to tell them that when we go visit the earth people, because they can't know what the thing really is because they haven't figured it out yet. It's part of the test, right? We're not giving them the answers to the test. So they tell you it's out in this far place that you can't get to technologically anyway, right? Um, so don't worry about it, but we can, and we can come visit you. But again, this is one of my favorite things to look at with the uh, non-human intelligences is that they're not coming from that far away. You know, one of the greatest things about, you know, the argument for why they come visit, you know, oh, it'd be so hard. No, it's hard for us. Maybe the answer to why we see them all the time and why it's so fantastical is just because it's not hard for them. And one of the explanations for that be would be, is that they're from you or they were you or they've ridden the earth ride before and they're just on the other side of this place that you can't go because all of the powers that be in this matrix and this control system tell you you can't go there and they will shoot you if you try and go there so it's like it's an exit to the matrix you know this is what they think about like area 51 like that's the exit right that's why they won't let you go in there there's nothing like secret hiding there that they're trying to keep you out of they're trying to keep you out of escaping <clears throat> the game or whatever anyway yeah. So if we continue to look at it this way, then now you're this entity in, let's say, another life. Maybe you can do it in a human life, you know, like kind of what they think maybe happened to the Mayans or the Aztecs or something. This idea of this migration of species where you just get so up there that you just they like basically come pick your ass up. They're like, all right, you're going to the front of the line. It's like when you're, you know, in uh, high school and you get your college diploma or something. They're just like, get this kid out of here. We need him. We need him to do some stuff. And this is where these like breakaway civilizations could be from. Uh, anyway. And so one of my favorite things to think about if we're still applying this model, I know I've been ranting here for a minute, uh, is that they come over and pick like super awesome people up and they'll come scoop Taylor up and all of a sudden she'll be just missing going on a hike with her boo in the forest and they just find y'all's clothes and nothing else. And like you'll have gotten, you know, Marconi'd up in a secret spacecraft and now you get to go live in the dope ring. You know what I mean? Just swing by and pick me up if, you, if when that happens for you. Yeah, so I anyway, will. <laughs> there's amazing ways to look at this place. And maybe there's like an island where it's all grays and maybe there's an island where it's all reptilians and shit. And everybody's cool. There's just different reasons for them, you know, clocking into their job on the other side, whatever that looks like and coming and visiting Earth. Maybe they're like monitors of this realm. Maybe they're interacting with certain people in specific ways because they know the trajectory. They're like, yeah, they're like recruiting, right? You know yes. how when these uh, college recruiters go out to watch kids play high school baseball, they're like, hey, we want you on our team. So maybe that's why also this rant of consciousness is just going. Keep going. This is badass. This is why also <laughs> maybe contactees, which I've also noticed it's been puzzling me, have similar contacts throughout their entire experience. Let's say that they get contacted by grays when they're a kid. Well, you get contacted by grays the entire time, even though they're people out here that say they've seen reptilians or mantis or pleiadians or whatever mm -hmm. maybe they like you know adopt you like i've used the example of like when i was uh in third grade we adopted a humpback whale 
you know have you ever done that you yeah, know remember? yeah okay. and you pay like seven bucks and you're like yeah that's 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 clip clop that's our little whale anyway <laughs> we're that that's for them right. this is what i'm saying maybe yeah. they've adopted a tailor on the other side and that's why they've you know steered your life in a certain direction because they're recruiting you to go to that school like you're going to be a, yeah. a pleiadian in the next life you know and then so yeah. they already gave you the hair color for it and you're ready to go so maybe this is what it is i don't know because the contactee phenomenon is trip me out in the fact that there's if there are so many varieties that have been reported like why do people get contacted by the same why do an enormous amount of times people get contacted by the same type of entity their entire the entire lifespan of their interaction yeah. and yeah. this may explain it i don't know we're just talking shit no here. that's so badass and all like so much of that resonates because i'm trying to digest all of that first off mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's i really like yeah, the way that you put um <clears throat> Well, we'll start off with the last thing that you just said about like the different types of entities coming in and kind of like, hey, I adopted a tailor or like yeah. I'm like a college <laughs> scout kind of thing. And it's interesting because more recently I've had a couple different ET experiences and, you know, been contacted by a couple different ones. And so different types of entities. Yeah, different types of entities. OK, see, this is even more interesting. So, on, yeah, I'm, I'm like, this is like really spot on. And so um, I was contacted by I've been contacted by like the Palladians and the Arcturians mostly the Palladians have been like a top contender and then the Greys the Greys have been um I've been visited by the Greys a couple times and they've been very um interesting experiences uh <laughs> favorite, next time you see him ask him these questions that i'm asking you be like yeah. is this a flat realm like is this the thing that, this brandon guy listen to this episode real quick tell me yeah. if he's right <laughs> just give me your just give me your uh your spark notes on this episode real quick yeah yeah uh, but it's interesting that you say it's like because i it almost feels like from the grays and from the palladians they're in this like um what what did you call them um like scouts like these two yeah. like opposing scouts that are like trying to like opposing teams yeah yeah and they and, use uh, humans as puppets to do whatever they want it's like a game to them yeah and it's interesting because it's like i think the grays are trying to facilitate something and the palladians are like no fuck off yeah and uh so it's been this weird like back and forth between them and i'm just like dudes like can we not? Yeah. <laughs> Can we or just vice like versa. not do The Greys yeah. could be trying to reverse something that the Pleiadians did, but they mimic themselves to look like us in a way that they would be, know to be more passive and more accepting of us. Yeah. Because for those listening, Pleiadians uh, look like us, right? They look like the Aryan race that Hitler was bout it, bout it. And yep. the Greys are very juxtaposed to anything we're familiar with interacting here. So I've seen this movie before, you know, where it's mm -hmm. actually the ugly duckling that's the one that's trying to save everyone. But because we judge them by the way that they look, and let's say in the case of the Pleiadians, put false hope into something because it resembles us more, yeah. which is something we're programmed to do, by the way, yeah. then maybe you're actually falling for the false thing and the, the razor, the ones trying to help you. It, it makes more sense to me ideologically if you know us and the yeah. Greys or Pleiadians or whatever's visiting us knows us on yeah. a psychological level. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, because in this whole experience, I've been trying to figure out, I'm like, well, which one is for my greatest and highest good and which one's trying to fuck shit up, you know? <laughs> what about maybe in and I'm just asking here because I 
I'm not a cognizant contactee. Like if mm -hmm. I have been contacted, they don't let me remember. Plus yeah. I, I jokingly usually say that they probably kick me out because I'm asking them all a bunch of shit. And they're like, <laughs> he's not falling for it. And he's just asking us about time travel. <laughs> like It's like when someone like kidnaps a kid and they return them because yeah, they like yeah, talk I'm too that. much. You're yeah. that kid. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent that. They just drop me they're off. Like, I'll wake up with new bruises. <laughs> yeah, grass stains. I'm like, was I outside? <laughs> oh, like a drop from a UFO, don't remember. Yeah, so it's I'm that guy. But it, so, you know, I'm very curious if you take it from from the you know perspective which would be so challenging it's just i've looked at it from an objective point of view for so long now that yeah. um having not been skewed in one way or another which is why i think on a deep level i haven't been cognizantly contacted i probably have they just they just don't let me remember yeah and if that's the case i i the reason i think if i zoom out and just go well, well you know why don't they like me if i take it from like the why don't they want to play with me <laughs> then i go oh it, it may be because i need to remain objective on this because i'm yeah. very objective on it it could be all the damn thing i don't trust any of it uh, I don't, you know, know what the hell's going on, but man, it's called abduction for a reason. That's not good. Yeah. So anyway, and because all the people who are like, oh, it's a high percentage of um, uh, cases that they're phenomenal, like they're absolutely wonderful and a very small percent that's no good. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, if they can put screen memories in your head of an owl or something, they could make anyone that had a horrible time think that it was a great time, right? And so they could just replace that memory with, you know, something that they want. And so you can't trust any of this shit, first of all. But I, what I, why I was asking was, is if I would, I would be curious to see the next time that you got visited, if you took it from like this relationship of awe and wonder to more of a peer relationship and be like, hey, you know, what are you doing here? Why does this continue to happen? Like, let's have some real talk. I'm not subservient to you. I don't, yeah, you're cool. You've got some cool toys, fine. What's this, you know, embody your inner Shania Twain. Oh, you've got a car, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're Brad Pitt, you know? Oh, so you're a Pleiadian, whatever. Yeah, like whatever, That doesn't impress me much, yeah. <laughs> and, and take it to this like level of where you just basically just destigmatize like the, yeah. Uh, subservientness of it and then 100 and do some real talk I, I would just be curious to see how much control over it you could take like maybe you know it's that saying and maybe this is why they don't let me in is because it's that saying like if you throw me to the wolves i'll come back leading the pack yeah and maybe it's one of these things to where like if you get real with them you end up being like uh on rick and morty what's his sister's name <laughs> anyway she uh, takes summer? over the planet yeah summer yeah. when she takes over the planet that they abandon her on and she's like running shit yeah. that would be you and this is like you'd be just warrior goddess you'd have little t-shirts made for everybody you know they <laughs> <laughs> warrior taylor's warrior goddesses on it and you'd be running shit that'd be awesome yeah yeah there was there was something else that you had said um about the whole like vibrational i'm trying to remember what it was i might have to circle back to it because there's just so much that was talked about, and I'm lot. just like... <laughs> Some diarrhea in the mouth, and I love uh, it. That's oh, okay. So to go back to kind of like the vibrational um, like travel, right? That's kind of how I think like space travel works. It's like a vibrational thing. It's not necessarily like, let's hop in a spaceship and just see like how far we can go. You know, it's like, all right, you can try that, but you're probably not going to get very far. <laughs> like... Um, but anyway, so going back to like the area 51 thing and like escaping the matrix, like what's your whole perspective on that whole <laughs> escaping the matrix thing? Because, and also I don't know how pressed you are for time. Like if this is going to be, not at all. This is, okay, I, cool. this is what I was looking forward to doing. <laughs> I have all the time in the world. I have a book, uh, this book chaos that I'm going to get back to reading here in a little bit, but go on. Okay, cool. So, because to me, like. I think escaping the matrix is a trap in and of itself. 
to um only because like we're here in this matrix for a reason right we came here to this matrix to learn a lesson or help facilitate some other higher plan or whatever the fuck you want to call it like we came here to earth school to learn shit so i don't think we came here to escape it necessarily um but i don't know i just what's your opinion on that <laughs> uh, i could cover that 100 percent. i think that escaping something denotes that you're trapped in it and so right. you know the uh, back to t snyder so everybody check out t's episode <clears throat> it's 152 or something like that anyway uh he, he was he and i were talking about this and it's this idea that we're not in a prison but it feels like that way and the way yeah. that you can articulate this is well to some people it feels like that way i'll be very clear on saying that uh whenever you think back to when you were in school okay school sucked right and you were always trying to cut class or i was I was cutting class, smoke pot, stuff like that. So you were cutting class. You didn't want to be there. It felt like a prison. You were obligated to be there. Like you had to do it, whatever. Um, you know, and so this idea, if you just, again, zoom out, because I agree with you that I, I tend to enjoy looking at it the most like it's a school as well. Mm -hmm. I think you're here for a reason. I think it, you obviously needed to be here if you were trapped. I don't know. Then you did something really fucked up and you actually got off pretty easy if you can, you know, surround yourself with like bonbons and dope shit. Right. Then, you know, <clears throat> if, you know, it's more, I agree with you in a, is a, is a school. So you don't escape school. You complete it and you graduate it, right? Uh, under whatever standards are, are there. Maybe those are set. Maybe they're not. We don't have a clear roadmap on that. So what you can do, though, is tend the garden that you've got in a way that doesn't make you feel trapped here because it changes the, the the finish of the experience it, it really does pepper it with just more delight more joy it's again there's this thing called your reticular activating system and this is something you mentioned earlier i wanted to circle back to and what it is is it's basically a filter within your own mind that allows you whatever your thoughts beliefs and any of that are that's what it shows you constantly you're being constantly presented with things that you believe are to be true and so they're reinforced in your reality the old analogy for this is like a slug bug right you know mm -hmm. or a, a beetle if you see one or whatever you start talking about them you see them everywhere now the question is is were they always there or did you create them by thinking about them so much and so if you know either would be cool but even that though if in reality it's all around you all the time but there's this thing called your reticular activating system that filters your environment and, and presents it to you in such a way so it's not even real it's not what's really here it's the preconceived disposition you already have about your reality reinforced constantly this is why change is so tough is because you'll constantly see things in your reality when you decide to change and the reason for that is there's a there's an echo there's a time period delay mm -hmm. of where you're just going to have to believe hard enough in the thing that you really want to see around you before it presents itself in your reality because your reticular activating system has been so ingrained with presenting you this reality and the longer that reality that you no longer choose persisted is pretty damn equivalent to how long it's going to kind of take you know it's not like a breakup or something it takes you a certain amount of time for you to get over it and to yeah. be able to move on all you have to do is hold that and keep believing that it's what you want so if you if you even look at reality in this way this is where like that the double slit experiment and quantum physics the placebo effect just looking at that monster and how crazy, crazy that shit is it, it will make you go like what the fuck is even real on just observe things in science that we don't trust very much anyway it's like yeah. what is real you know what i mean and this is why though back to another point you made earlier experts disagree you can google right now and i encourage everybody to do this yeah. our eggs gonna kill me if i eat them every day you'll have an expert in their field nobel prize winning such and such and they will tell you absolutely never eat eggs they're going to murder your face every day and then you'll the the post below it says this other expert who actually won 
the same amount of prizes as this guy. Uh, he actually says that you should eat eggs every day, otherwise you're going to die. You know, so what do you do? It's it's we're in the time period of delineation, and I've got a wonderful little metaphor I've been using lately that just I was thinking about when smoking a joint the other day. If you want me to tell you about it. Yes, please do. Okay, so <laughs> what I kind of think is if you, if you look at this place, is it like experiences like breaths? Okay, so think of the way that I like to think of things is if you take like a gourd, you know, and put a bunch of them like uh, human centipede style on each other and you <laughs> bore a hole through it. Does that make yeah. sense? You got <laughs> yeah. the image? Okay, yeah, got it. Got it, clear picture. Right, how else are you going to put that in there? Okay, so if you think though that you're floating through that, think of the each new gourd as a, you're going to think about it as human buttholes now. But anyway, think of the next gourd that you go through as yeah. this open cavity of awareness now that you mm. fill with this awareness that you now have. And then whenever you go to the next one, what does it do? It pinches down into a bottleneck or a much smaller volume than what's in that space for you to then, like, let's say, graduate to the next level. What, how I look at this place and these different levels of awareness that we get to is that's what you're doing. You're passing into this cavity or the space where now you have the opportunity to grow and fill the space. But what you must do is before you pass on to the next level, all the things that aren't true there or that don't resonate at the frequency of the next level need to be passed through you before you can go into the next one. So this is where these like tough times in your life come. This is where the shedding and the tower moments and you know the purging and all that kind of shit come because they're tight and they squeeze you into a new expanded awareness of existence, right? So if you think of life like this on not only your scale, but on life as a whole scale, and let's just call reality life, okay? It expands into this cavity. It squeezes through its next evolutionary process because of like, let's say gas or something, like it floats. It naturally progresses. It's a river, right? You can't stop the flow. You yeah. just alter its trajectory and whatever. It Life itself then will go through these purges where we went through this swell in the early 1900s with Rockefeller, with the education system, with medicine, with everything. And now we're squeezing it down and purging it all off because we found it to be that it doesn't service anymore, right? And not that it was good or bad, it just doesn't service anymore. It can't go where we're going next. And so then if you look at this on your individual level again, let's say that whenever you look at time, okay, you know how you know we look at time and they some folks will say, well, everything happens all at once and there's an infinite number of you's and an infinite number of timelines is the term. And they're all like making these small little changes and different decisions. Well, if you look at it this way, um, let's say that in any of those different versions of you or timelines, okay, let's say that in one of those, like UFOs were super common. And for some reason, all of the conditions, <clears throat> maybe even based on decisions you made, that's how powerful of a career you are since you were born until whenever, by the time you've reached the point you are now, equivalent age in another timeline, UFOs are just a thing, like everybody knows it. And in another timeline, on the opposite side, they're not. And nobody's ever even heard of them or ever even witnessed a UFO sighting. We find ourselves here consciously in this state of where they're both possible, right? We've seen both. Some people deny that they're there, but we definitely have evidence and all that good stuff. Now, if you think of this as a center line being completely neutral or even, okay, with all of these timelines going horizontally next to it, lined up like guitar strings, right? Then on the right side, let's say, it's all high vibe, light, love, everything. On the left side, it's high, it's real dark and it goes as dark as you can. So it covers the scope of your experience. From one end all the way to the other, you find yourself navigating and swimming in the middle where you'll kind of be a little dark sometimes, a little light sometimes. Now, let's say that all of those then are collapsing in on each other. As you grow in awareness and go to your next gourd, 
what you're doing is you're shedding the extremes of yourself. So you're shedding the extreme delusional side on the positive. You're shedding this extreme dread and negativity in my mind always goes to the darkest places on the other. And as you do this, you grow and ascend to pinch through the next enclosure. All of the timelines collapse down on themselves. And now perhaps we find ourselves in this time where you can find experts that don't agree on anything because in all of these realities have swam together and overlapped, they're so mishmashed and they're wrapped up with so many entities that they were in realities where that was the real case. And this expert was absolutely right. And this expert was absolutely right. But we find ourselves in a place where all of those walls are dissolving. We're collapsing into one timeline to ascend into our next greatest grandest version. And that's perhaps why so many experts can't agree Nothing's true, everything's right, and it's all fucking weird. Fucking love that. First off, that's like the best explanation I've ever heard of like that whole thing. <laughs> like, I just made it up. I just I was sitting was just, thinking about it. I'm like, how can I fucking articulate this? That was and so that, good. Like I'm still processing. It it. Yeah. I yeah. at first I was thinking of like <laughs> I was seeing the human centipede gourds and right. then you kept saying like a flow of energy. I'm like, oh, so it's like one big fart flowing through. There you go. These... <laughs> yeah. Or a queef, depending on how you're Yeah, selling. however yeah. you want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, no, that's really, really cool. And um, it's just it gives a really good visual representation of just like a really complex subject. I think uh, so. Which is I really like that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on before we kind of wrap things up a little bit was um, one of the biggest lessons I think a lot of us are, are on this earth school to learn is to clean up victim consciousness. And so that, that made me think of, you know, like thinking that we're here on this earth, like trapped in a prison. Right. And so often like we trap ourselves in these little mini prisons, whether it's like our mind prisons or it's like our circumstantial prisons or like we create all these different prisons to create this victim consciousness within ourselves. And I think a lot of our purpose, at least this time on earth, is to be able to transcend that victim consciousness and being able to do that through our choices, right? Being able to do that through our thoughts and our ideas. And um, I think shadow work is a big part of that and it's why I do what I do because the victim consciousness is one of our greatest shadows right it's what keeps us limited in our perception I guess and keeps us over from seeing you know the all the different lenses that are in front of us and we're only seeing it through this one lens and I think when we start to clean up that victim consciousness it takes the power out of other people's hands and how much um, effect they have on us and puts it into ours and what we're able to create in our own reality and how we're able to project our own reality and how we're able to just like create whatever the fuck we want in our, our experience basically. And so I think this victim consciousness is what keeps us, um, I don't, I don't like the word stuck. I think it keeps us, um, yeah, it keeps us contained. <laughs> Entertained, yeah. Uh, yeah, enter yeah, well, yeah, entertained. Because if you're entertained, uh, you're a captive audience. What is a captive audience, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think um, there's just like a lot of that narrative perpetuated in so many different things, like um, whether it's, you know, in like the mainstream narrative where like, you know, you're, you're, you're a victim to your circumstances and you don't have the option to change. You just have to go with whatever you're presented with. And then there's like 
in kind of like the conspiracy realm. You're a victim to the government. You're a victim to, you know, these darker entities that are controlling everything. But then when you reach past a certain point and you realize like, I am not separate from all of these things, right? Like everything is basically just a reflection of me and what I have going on within me to some degree. And when you realize that those things are there to help bring awareness to like your internal world and the things around you are really just a collection of your internal I know you don't like the word beliefs, but your internal ideas or see, I like to, I like to use the word belief because, um, I feel like beliefs are more subconscious. I like ideas for like our conscious thoughts and then beliefs as like our subconscious, like what's hidden in the shadows that we don't even know exist. Does that make sense? It makes a hundred percent sense. Why I've transcended that idea is yeah. because I feel that it keeps you stuck in that mentality. So let's say mm. like, for instance, people who have been, have went through a 12 step program, they went through AA, right? Yeah. And they, they haven't had a drink in 30 years. What do they always say? I'm, you know, Mandy, and I'm an alcoholic. It's like, no, you're not, you know, you, yes. don't, you don't have to get stuck there. It, this is why I don't view it as part of my paradigm anymore. But it's no big deal. Like, yeah. beliefs, because of the fact that they are rooted in the subconscious are why I'm not a huge fan of mm. identifying with things that go that deep into me without some sort of analyzation. So let's right. say, one right. of the concepts I can really get behind is this idea of unity consciousness, but I, yeah. I would be just fine if it wasn't the case. Yeah. But what I think is, is like if I, because if I had the beliefs and it took me a long time to tear those down, if I, if I have beliefs, I change daily, you know, I change weekly. Like I'm not the same person I was a month ago. And if I'd been so gripped to things that I would need to tear down to integrate new information with, I find that it's, it slows me down in that process of flow that I go for. Right. And so I'm just a fan of all of it. Like I'll listen to anything anybody's got to say. I've got no bone to pick. I've got no ego in the fight. I, I, I'm not, you know, you know me on my show, darling. Yeah. I've told you, I'm, I'm not here to prove anybody right or, or wrong or me right. You know, yeah. I'm not into that game. I just want to hear your story and think about it and integrate it into what I think is possible, which I think yeah. everything's possible. It's been the coolest existence. Is the only reason that I've looked at even beliefs that get rooted in the subconscious that way. I'm constantly rewriting my hard drive. Right. And so to go out and clean things and then rewrite is a whole nother deal. Yeah. I, I okay. I see that. For everything. I see that. So it's like ideas are more of like a detached version of beliefs yes, is kind of what you're saying. hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent. That's the best way I've ever heard it put. You yeah. It. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. So it's like ideas are more neutral. Beliefs are more like emotionally attached. Right. And it's, it's like whenever you eliminate, because whenever you get mindful about your existence, you get mindful about your speech. And I know you know this. When it, one of the, what's the first, one of the first damn words that you eliminate from your vocabulary? Try. And so, or want, right? Those are big ones. And so when you're really mindful of how powerful your words are in your speech, same thing with things like the words beliefs. And it was because of that movie, like 20 whatever years ago, it just rooted in there. And it was like, hang on, you're going to need this later, you know? And so I just like buried it in there. And now it's, it's in there. It's, it's just part of my reticular activating system. I'd look at the world that way. Yeah, I really like that. And it kind of reminds me, I'm reading this book called Word Magic by, um, what's his name? Pao Chang or Chang? I have it on my shelf right now, but I can't see that far away. But okay. I'll, send, I'll send you the, the, the author's name, but it's, really? it's really good. And it breaks down like the etymology of everything and like what each word really means and like how your words cast basically spells on people yep, that's why it's and called it's, spelling yeah, yeah exactly that's why it's called spelling and my partner um he's the one that really got me into it he 
he knows a lot more about it than me, but he, um, like when he types, he doesn't type the word I or you. He types like I as E-Y-E and like you as Y-E-W because I guess you oh, yeah, um, yeah. was like based off of the word sheep. And so when you call somebody you, you're really calling somebody a sheep. Yeah. And so it like, it goes fucking deep and I'm like, holy oh. shit, <laughs> like this is wild. <laughs> it goes super deep. Yeah. 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 But anyways, um, Even as far as like to people who are doing like uh, ruins and stuff like that, you're supposed to be doing those in Latin, I believe. And yeah. so if you're doing like spells and stuff and you think you're doing it in English, even doing it in the wrong language, like instantly negates it. And so if you subscribe to that, just be very mindful. That's all it is. It's being mindful of your speech which uh, it's it's very important. Again, it's that Thought Ninja thing. You know, install yourself a Thought Ninja. I'm here. In fact, I'm imbuing everyone with a piece of my Thought Ninja. He's the best on the market. Uh, <laughs> and he'll hop on in there and just whatever, he'll just monitor your thoughts and bring them to your attention. I love That's that. It. I love that. Thought just ninja. like, is this more, is this important? And you're like, uh-uh. And you're, he's like, is this important? And you're like, yeah, yeah, let that one in. And you're like, okay. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that. Thank you for that gift. You're welcome. Um, so before we wrap this up, um, do you have anything else that you want to touch on or how do you have any advice for people to kind of just like have more of a detached, not detached, but more of like a neutral standpoint on just how to navigate the world? So inevitably what we get to, um, oh, one thing I did want to say about shadow work that you said earlier, I saw this the other day, it made me think of you, I forgot to send it to you, so I'll just uh, let you know now. Mm -hmm. It says shadow work isn't um, hating the darkest parts of yourselves, they're loving the most challenging parts of yourselves. Yes. Yeah, yes. and I thought of you, so. 1,000%, and there I think go. I think that's a lot of times why people um, shy away from shadow work a lot is because they're like, well, I don't want to go dig in those dark parts. It's like, well, no the, po the point of it is like you're, you're not supposed yeah. to like hate it you're, you're just supposed to give them love because like yeah. that dark part of you was traumatized at one point and yes. it didn't get love so that's why it's a dark part but if you give it love it doesn't need to be dark anymore that's yeah, part of you it's yeah. like saying oh it's it you know the equivalent of not working on shadow work it's like that movie the monty python remember when the knight gets his arm cut off and he's yeah. like tis but a flesh wound and he's yeah. like bleeding out it's like yeah. hang on if you just take care of that you'll probably be okay you know yeah. that's what people who refuse shadow work they're down to nothing sitting on the ground going tis but a flesh wound i'm fine exactly yeah. that's the best visualization of that that i yes i love your analogies and like Pass it around. you just make everything very like visually clear and i love you know that it is? it's this energy right here it's this dance it's this flow you've really enabled me and given me the freedom and place here to do this so thank you for allowing me to be the most me like that's why i'm so grateful for you darling i think of you as Good. a little sister anyway and so thank you so much but um that's what the results that you're enjoying is it's a direct result of you so thank you so much thank you very much phenomenal host <laughs> so uh to advice I, I would say that the part of the conversation i kind of wanted to bring this home to is where i'm at now which is this observer lens and so the observer just looks he monitors so he checks he or she checks things out and it is what it is it's everything is in a divine order everything is perfect it's not a pacifist thing because you'll find that in observer mode you you get very little that comes at you that you need to feel defensive about it's fascinating it's just an easier way to live life and so when you find yourself in the moments of like ah zoom out you know uh two words that um i heard on my show that just absolutely Kiera Liferidge I'll never forget her you've got to get her on she's phenomenal uh, she said you know these two words just don't spiral 
And if you can really think of that, and this is where the installation of the uh, Thought Ninja really came in handy. I figured out patterns. And honestly, Darlin', you right now, we're, when we're recording this, you've caught me on the cusp of this huge awakening. I went through a really rough time. July was very, very tough yeah. for a lot of reasons. And it's been pretty damn tough since March. And so you're really seeing me on the other side and getting the updated conversation that I really want to have about this stuff. So again, thank you for the opportunity to do this. And that is to say that with my Thought Ninja, I figured out because of the don't spiral, I go, okay, well, where, where we go from there? And you zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. Then you go, okay, well, if I install something that just tells me, hey, whenever you start thinking this, you go to this and you go to this. I, I call it the, if you give a mouse a cookie of thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever read that book when you were a kid? Yes. And then they had, of course, the famous, but not as great, if you give a moose a muffin, the better yeah. title, but not as great. <clears throat> so if you give this thought the room to gestate, then it's going to lead you to this thought and it's going to lead you to the next one. And that is the spiral. As long as you can just step back and you just look at the thought and go, why are you, you know, why do I still, why does that still pop up? What's going on with this? This is how I've been able to stop the spiral is really being thought conscious. And so mm -hmm. the advice to people is, is just zoom out, take a breath, you know, just think of it. And those two words right there, don't spiral and this goes for internal dialogue especially now what's very interesting yes. is whenever you go internal and you really start monitoring your thoughts you'll find that again the bullshit fizzles out it doesn't get your attention that when you look at it it it's there and it's uh just from the old thing like where attention goes energy flows and so if you're giving it energy you're feeding this thing that's going to constantly keep you looking if you close your eyes and shut all that down with a few breaths and i'm not talking about hours long meditations i'm talking about one minute whatever yeah close your eyes take a few deep fucking breaths man and just relax and just listen to what your mind is doing and then monitor that from a higher perspective and by higher again it's not better than it's just something looking at the thing rather than feeling about the thing now don't this isn't turn you into a robot you're not going to turn on data on star trek or anything like that it just <clears throat> gives you the freedom to actually make the change this is what i have found has been the biggest catalyst for my change and again you're catching me on an incredibly fresh understanding and awareness here and so uh, this one, though, uh, really changed everything for me. And so I hope that, that folks can at least hear that and say, man, it, maybe I am thinking this, or why do I think that? Like that, man, that was the best question I ever asked myself. Why do I feel that way about that? Mm -hmm. Why do I think that way? And good God, the matrix does not want you to figure that out. You know, it's part of school, but yeah. the matrix, which is separate from the school, because if you view it that way, that is what it is. If you think it's a prison, absolutely it is. It's it is what you make it, right? Yeah. So if, if school, you know, says that to you, why? You know, that's part of your test here. It's not a multiple choice, A, B, whatever. It's It comes in the form of those feelings and that intuition. That is what you're here to sharpen and learn. And I think that you're supposed to do this so that you can graduate, go be a Pleiadian, and fly around in some dope spacecrafts. Because that that lack of confidence, which is what you were talking about, about the victim mentality that's ran rampant here, because that's the means of control. Mm -hmm. You think about it even to religions and stuff. What do they do? They scare the shit out of you into yeah. giving the money, sitting in the pew and all of that. Well, the governments do the same and your education system does the same and the medical yep. industry does the same. And so the more you can just dial the volume on those things back and just really start asking questions and analyzing, you don't have to deconstruct the entire system. You ask, what is good for me? And I'll tell you one internal question that you can ask yourself all the time. There's an Abraham Hicks thing. I've got it posted right here. Do you know what I want? Do you know where it is? And those two things, and then just listen and follow your intuition. And my God, I can tell you, it's not on the TV. It's not, you know, running out to go stand in line to get a sticker that says that you voted for some douchebag. And <laughs> yes. it is 
not any of that shit. I can guarantee that your intuition will not tell you that. That is beautiful. That is the perfect way to end neutrality. Thank you so much Neutral. for being here. And one thing that I kind of want to piggyback off of that real quick is just um, with the breath, like the breath is so fucking powerful and it can bring you back to yourself in like a minute. And that's the thing with meditation. I feel like people think that meditation has to be this big, long, drawn out, like Buddhist monk kind of ceremony. It didn't work for me. I tried it. It didn't work. Same. Like I have an ADHD brain that's just fucking all yep. over the place all the damn time. I and do walking meditations a lot. That's me the bulk too. of my meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Movement meditation is mm -hmm. one of my favorite things. Like I'll either be in my my office like dancing or I'll go for a walk or just some type of movement um, and connecting with the breath. That's it. It really yeah. gets to be like that simple. And and actually, um, when I had Serena uh, Masterson on here and after reading her book and like it just was a reminder to me of how powerful the breath is just really taking like just even just like three deep breaths like okay everybody before who's listening i just want us all to just take one let's deep breath together just yeah let's just breathe for two breaths and just see how we feel from that so ready breathing in That's meditation right That's there. Circle breathing too is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. If you're aware of that, this is where you breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four and repeat. Yeah. And it's, man, that's a, that's because it gives your mind something to think about. You're counting. Yep. And you're, yeah. Yep. That's mm, beautiful. Mm, mm, mm. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was such a beautiful conversation. Mind blowing. Um, let everybody know again where they can find you, what you're up to and all that good stuff. Yeah, a bunch of big things going on. So expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's the best way to hit me up. That'll lead you to all the socials. And uh, like I said, all the other stuff, lives are replayed there, which your episodes are over there. And uh, y'all go sign up to become an Expansive Insider member. Uh, I'm going to brag. I'm going to get uh, Taylor in to come to a bonus show with me pretty soon and then brag all about it to everybody. So uh, <laughs> y'all go over there and check that out. But um, thank you again, Taylor, from the bottom of my heart. This did me so good today. I needed this more than you know. And thank you yeah. so much. This is Thank wonderful. you so much for being here. Like this is honestly an honor and you are just like a, a hub for just like badass people for anyone that hasn't listened to Brandon's show you need to go listen to it because he just is like I I like to I don't want to say like a curator but I feel like you're a curator of just like the most badass people of, on this planet and it's like you just connect them all like a lot of the connections that I have that I um, have made on the internet have been either through you or just like uh just in connection with you and it's been really cool like natasha she's one of my favorite people oh, now and yeah. we really connect uh, uh on a deep level and so i just want to say thank you for connecting me to all this network of beautiful people as well it's been really truly amazing so fucking grateful and that that's the thing i'm, I'm here for two real reasons <clears throat> excuse me again darling. uh it's to uh give people back to themselves and um to connect and so one of the talents that i've got it's just built into this avatar that I've got. I don't know what it is. I am a magnet for incredible people. And I know I've told you this before. And the selfish thing I would like to do with that magnetism is to have all of the amazing people that I know know each other. And yeah. so it, it does my heart so good to see Amanda Ray's, uh, Sierra Faith Masterson, on Serena on your show, uh, you and N Natasha hooking up, you over on Legit Bat like this yeah. does my heart so good. I can't tell you. Uh, so just thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, again, go check out Brandon's stuff. 
all his stuff's badass. He's got such a great perspective, super intelligent. Um, and then you can check me out on Instagram. If you have any questions about this podcast, you could either reach out to me or Brandon. Either one of us would be open to chatting about all things in this realm. Absolutely. So we'll wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time.